sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. On Monday, April 25th, 2005, just days after he was elected as Pope, Pope Benedict XVI said to a group of pilgrims who had come to celebrate um, his election as Pope, he said these words, the, way, the ways of the Lord are not easy, but we were not created for an easy life, but for great things, for goodness. The ways of the Lord are not easy. To be a Catholic is hard. It's not easy. But Pope, the, the Holy Father reminds us, Pope Benedict reminds us, as all of our popes have reminded us, that the ways of the Lord, the Lord has not created us for a life of ease, but for great things, for greatness and for goodness. What does that mean? What does it matter in our lives? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that, as always, we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio uh, once again by Renee Kranz. Hey, Renee. Hey, Dr. B. Uh, hey. Hey. How you doing? So great. Good. Uh, so last week, we, and, and I realized, because I alluded to this week's topic last week, um, I realized there was a connection between these these two episodes. Mm. Um, last week, we talked about how, how do we answer the, 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 the question, why does the Catholic Church update its teachings and get with the times? Um, and, I, and I realized there's a connection to this, this idea of we're not called an easy life, but to greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, to be Catholic is hard. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, it's countercultural. We can just personally, with our own sinful inclinations, we can struggle to live the life that Jesus calls us to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. And so sometimes we're like, well, why even bother then? Well, again, as Pope Benedict uh, said, as the church, is, the church is always taught, we are called not to ease, but to greatness. Um, there's a virtue called magnanimity. Have you ever heard of magnanimity? I have. Yes. You have? I have. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not. I don't know if I could was, define it for you, but it was a conversation uh, we had with Bishop DeGroote actually Six months ago? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So as Bishop would have, I mean, we're called to greatness. So the word magnanimity literally means greatness of soul. Mm -hmm. But we're called to greatness, not necessarily as the world sees it, but to authentic greatness. We're called to strive for great things according to what the Lord asks Mm -hmm. of us. And that's now not always easy to do. Right. Um, But years ago, I was at a, a conference, this is 2015, where Curtis Martin, who's the founder of Focus was speaking, and he just was sharing um, just w- w- a challenge he faced in his own life, um, and he, he he just was reminded. by well, I think the Lord said to him in prayer, um, the Lord, and his takeaway was, the Lord's way isn't always the easiest way, but it's the best way. Right. <clears throat> so not ease, but best or greatness. Right. And the way that I want to talk about this is actually going to this address which Pope Benedict gave, just a. I think it was the day after his election. Oh, no, sorry. It was the day after his inaugural mass as Pope, um, just a few days after he was elected 
as Pope of the Catholic Church. Um, it's an address that he gave again Monday, April, 5th, April 25th, 2005. It's an address that he gave to German pilgrims who had come to Rome for the inaugural inauguration ceremony of his pontificate. So what I wanted, this is, this is one of my favorite Pope Benedict stories. I've got a lot, and I've got, I've got a few, few favorite Pope Benedict stories. This is definitely one of my favorite because you see his humanity, you see his own struggle with the Lord, um, you see his sense of humor. Um, and we're not going to get through all of this address, but I thought, you know, we're, we're beginning a new year here, still January, um, and people make all sorts of resolutions to improve their own lives. Maybe my invitation would be, what is the Lord, how is the Lord asking me to strive for greatness? Not how should I strive for mediocrity? How is the Lord calling me to strive for greatness? Or maybe maybe the thing that, I've, maybe my New Year's resolution is a really good thing, but is it the thing that the Lord has called us to? Right. And are we aiming high enough? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, I like, I like the way that the whole, that, that our last Pope, Pope Benedict XVI, sort of framed this address as a way for us to think about that. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. It does. Um, I was really tempted to read this um, address with a German accent, but... <laughs> Dr. Bergwald has a fantastic I, German I, accent. Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to do it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like Arnold Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was Austrian, not German, but it's the same thing. You yeah, know. Right. I think if you do that, an American ear cannot yeah, tell German the difference. German fellow citizens. No, I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> dear German fellow citizens, <laughs> first of all, I apologize for being. I know. When I read, when you had me read this, I'm like, that's a weird way to start this. <laughs> Germans are known for their punctuality. Yes, they are. And this is a sign that I have become quite Italianized. <laughs> so, just on that, um, all the Italians in the room are like, hey! no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's so many things I want to talk about right now. But, um, well, there was there was uh, a bishop a couple months ago who was asked, um, you know, Bishop, if you could say anything to Pope Francis about, you know, reforming the church, what would you do? And he said, and to, to be honest, I I, I've, I've watched, about. I've watched the, the, it was a TV interview. I've watched him. I think he was being tongue in cheek. He got, he got really castigated for saying what he said after the fact, but I think he was being tongue in cheek. He said, well, I, I'd tell him to get out of, to get it out of Rome, Rome, to get out of Italy, yeah. to think the, 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 the curia, the, the sort of the, the Vatican bureaucracy out of Italy, out of Rome, because just it's, there's just too much Roman in <laughs> the Roman Catholic Church. Um, and actually, I remembered Pope Benedict years ago said the Vatican can only be in the Vatican could never be in Germany because you there has to be a flexibility um, to to be and, and has the church always done this well? No. Right. But but there needs to be a flexibility at that level of church bureaucracy. If you're always like very German <laughs> or frankly Anglo-American, mm-hmm. I mean this is this is not just the Germans are not the ones who have cornered this market. We like the Romans look at Americans like, what is your problem, you people? <laughs> like, relax. Um now we look at them like, listen, my life with our organization is far less chaotic than yours. I'm not gonna get killed trying to cross a street right. in Sioux Falls. <laughs> Well, most likely. Well, most likely. <laughs> if I follow the rules, and there are rules. Yes. The Romans said, well, there are rules. Anyway, that's... <laughs> Pope Benedict Ratzinger said the church has to be in Rome because of that sort of relaxed 
Yeah. And again, that's not to say that every Roman is a relaxed person, but there's a cultural reality. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I just really appreciate this. German are known for their Germans are known for their punctuality, and this is a sign that I've become quite Italianized. They, however, we were at an ecumenical meeting. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. It was a most cordial group meeting, and so it was rather long. In other words, he was having a good time yes. talking to these people. <laughs> but now, finally, I cordially welcome you. I warmly thank you for your good wishes, the words and signs of affections and friendship that I've received overwhelmingly from every part of Germany. At the beginning of my journey in a ministry that I never even imagined and for which I felt inadequate, all this gives me strength and assistance. May God reward you for this. So right there, so at the beginning of my journey in a ministry, so basically he's saying at the beginning of my pontificate, this is just like not even a week in to his being Bishop of Rome, being Pope. At the beginning of this journey that I never ever that I never even imagined and for which I felt inadequate. So he never imagined that he'd become Pope. And now becoming Pope in his at this time late seventies. Oh, yes. yeah. oh my gosh. So he, he, this will come Do you back. think any of them though imagine being Pope? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I do. I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, if you look at the history of the church, okay, um, there are definitely times when Some people of- have <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lord's church, um, okay, no matter what the Italians moving on. Um, so this this is this next paragraph really when little but so he's going to reflect back now on the the conclave, mm-hmm. um, that had just concluded in which he was elected. When little by little, the trend of the voting led me to understand that, to say it simply, the axe was going to fall on me. My head began to spin. I was convinced that I had already carried out my life's work and could look forward to ending my days peacefully. With profound conviction, I said to the Lord, do not do this to me. You have younger and better people at your disposal who can face this great responsibility with greater dynamism, and greater strength. So I just, I love this just in this humanity as if I can, if I can say this, just as Joseph Ratzinger, um, when he sees the way the vote, the, the, the votes are literally falling. When he sees that the ax is going to fall, that's how he describes it. I'm going to be elected Pope. Me. The ax is going to fall on me. Um, he didn't want the job. Right. My head began to spin. The, the, this next line. I was convinced that I already carried out my life's work and could look forward to ending my days peacefully. Um, he already had in his imag- imagination what he was going to do with the rest of his life. And the thing about that that, yeah. that particularly strikes me, Renee, is this is a man of prayer. Right. This is, I, I'll say, a holy man. So a man who has sought to follow the Lord his entire life. Mm-hmm. Joseph Ratzinger did not fall away from the faith um, and have to come back when right. he was in his late 20s or something. Joseph Ratzinger... Um, from a young child, knew and loved the Lord and grew in that throughout his life mm-hmm. and grew in his prayer. And yet he didn't see this coming. Right. Which just, I think, is is helpful to us because the Lord, whether we like it or not, is a Lord of surprises. So this is somebody who is a deeply prayerful man and yet was caught off guard by what the Lord would ask of him. Mm-hmm. So we always, and, and we'll see, but his docility, even though like in his humanity, oh, no. <laughs> Um, he he still trusts in the Lord. So um, I was convinced that I already carried out my life's work and could look forward to ending my days peacefully. So he thought, all right, JP, 
three times Benedict tried to, re- Joseph Ratzinger, Cardinal Ratzinger, tried to resign the position he had in the Vatican oh. uh, uh, bureaucracy. Three times he, tr- he submitted his resignation. Three times JP said, no, I need you here. Benedict wanted to go, and this is when he got older, and this mm-hmm. was not right away. Like, I can't do this. This was later. And he wanted to go back to Germany and just read and write theology. Mm-hmm. Which he was very good at. Very good at. Very good at. Mm-hmm. And three times JP said, no, I need you here. Um, that's what he was looking forward to. With profound conviction, I said to the Lord, do not do this to me. So, again, this is just to me a good witness. Like, there might be times when you sense the Lord's calling you to do something that's just really hard. You can be honest with him. Like, oh, please, no. Lord, Father, let this cup pass from me. Mm -hmm. But not as I will, but as you will. So Joseph Ratzinger is following the example of Jesus of Nazareth. Lord, do not do this to me. You have younger uh, and better people at your disposal who can face this great responsibility with greater dynamism and strength. So it's humility in that. Like, I'm not the best fit for the job. Why? Right. He goes on. So this is all, again, this is a public address that he's giving Mm -hmm. to fellow Germans. I was then very touched by a brief note written to me by a brother cardinal. He reminded me that on the occasion of the mass for John Paul II, so it's the homily, sorry, the homily for the funeral mass. So when when JP2's funeral mass was said by Cardinal Ratzinger. So on the occasion of the mass for John Paul II, his funeral mass, I had based my homily, starting from the gospel, on the Lord's words to Peter by the lake of Gennesaret, follow me. I spoke of how again and again, Carl Wojtyla, JP2, received this call from the Lord, and how each time he had to renounce much and to say and to simply say, yes, I will follow you, even if you lead me where I never wanted to go. So talk about practicing what you preach. <laughs> so... If you, again, back up about, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe, um, to the funeral mass for John Paul II. Mm-hmm. Again, Cardinal Ratzinger was the celebrant. And in his homily, funeral homily, he talks about JP2's continual fidelity and obedience to the Lord. How each time the Lord called him to follow him, JP2 uh, had to renounce much and to simply say, yes, I will follow you, even if you lead me where I never wanted to go. Yeah. So... Again, this is being brought up in the context of, 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 of the conclave. I guess they're passing notes of the conclave. <laughs> so um, a, some cardinal, nameless cardinal, writes that basically, my brother, Joseph, whatever, how do you say it? Remember the words that you said mm-hmm. just a week, two weeks ago. Remember the words that you said about Carl was continual fidelity. Mm-hmm. This brother cardinal wrote to me, were the Lord to say to you now, follow me, then remember what you preached. Do not refuse. Be obedient in the same way that you described the great Pope who has returned to the house of the Father. So I'm going to pause there. You can be elected and you can decline. Right. So, this is all bishops can. Right. Right. He asked him. So, so what this brother cardinal is saying to, at the time, Cardinal Ratzinger, um, were the Lord to say, you know, follow me, then remember what you preached, do not refuse. So don't say no. Mm -hmm. 
be obedient in the same way that you described the great Pope was returned to the house of the Father. So again, remember remember what you practice, what you preach. Yeah. This deeply moved me. The ways of the Lord are not easy, but we were not created for an easy life, but for great things, for goodness. And I, I used to, not as much anymore, obviously. Not too long ago, Renee, if I would have read this to you, I would have teared up. Because this is just really moving to me. Uh, His humility um, and how what he said about JP2, he realized applies to his own life Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this, again, if you go back up uh, as we're reading it, just a couple paragraphs, do not do this to me. You have younger and better men at your disposal. But now this, this fellow cardinal reminds him um, the ways of the Lord. What this Cardinal? This is this is this is Ratzinger's reflection. The ways of the Lord are not easy, but we were not created for an easy life, but for great things, for goodness. Uh, and we're going to go on, but th- this this is obviously part of the primary reason why I wanted to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Um, being a Christian and following Jesus Christ is not always easy. Um, first of all, with myself, I'm a sinner. I, I there are certain I have bad habits, right? Uh, I have sinful inclinations. Um, so to try to, even by the grace of God, to try to correct that takes effort. It takes work. It's not easy. Um, I've, I've the only reason I'm saying this is because I've said this on the show show before. A couple of years ago, I, I I finally responded to an invitation from the Lord, an old invitation to start fasting, and so I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was hard to maintain, yeah. and I didn't do a good job of it. <laughs> um, it's not always easy to follow the Lord, but he does give us the grace to do so. But even though it's hard, again, Benedict here is reminding us, the Lord never said this would be easy. And right. I, what, it what wasn't easy for him. It wasn't easy for him. And what he, if you will be my disciple, you remember what he says? Follow me. How? Oh, how? oh pick up your cross. Yeah, but then and we got a nice be, gesture. Come after me, yes. We got a nice, <laughs> put the cross on your shoulder gesture from Elise. Yeah. <laughs> Take up your cross. And now think again, to people who were hearing that at the time he said it, if you would be my disciple, take up your cross. Yeah, they're like, that's where they crucify people. Uh, I don't want to do yeah, that. And, and, and contrary to what we, like, well, if you've seen the Passion of Christ, you have an idea of how God-awful, literally, the, the, the crucifixion was. Right. But it was even worse than portrayed in that movie. Right. Yeah, they couldn't do everything to him. They actually did. Correct. Correct. They, yep. Jim Caviezel would not be alive. He, right. <laughs> and it would be, yeah, yes. It would be too hard to watch. It'd be too it hard was to already watch. hard to watch. It was already hard to watch. But that's <laughs> what he says. Take up your cross and follow me. We have this, I, a few weeks ago, I think it was with you, um, not Robin. Um, I was talking about how we need to to live life's lives of radical and intense witness. Yeah. And I think there's a way, and this I know there's a way, because I do it. Um, there's a way in which we want to live our discipleship comfortably. Oh, yes. Especially as Americans. Especially as Americans. We love comfort. We do. We've got it easy. I mean, relative to not just throughout history, but to other parts of the world, mm-hmm. we have it so we We're yes. living the high life. Yes. Um, the Lord does not call us to lives of comfort. He calls us to lives of greatness, which require sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And again, greatness as he sees it. I don't want 
You know, don't get like, this is not an ego trip. I'm supposed to do great things. (laughs) You are supposed to do great things according to the Lord's will and not your own. Greatness, I would say, is more equivalent to holiness. Yes. In that use. Yes. Yes. So, so again, like to, we want to live comfortably, but Jesus said, if you would be my disciples, take up your cross daily and follow me. So I think we really, we really need, I, I um, have felt again a renewed call to look at how 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 committed am I mm-hmm. to what our Lord says? How committed am I to following Him regardless of where He asks me to go? How committed am I to taking up my cross daily, to be willing to bear the burden of discipleship? Um, there's the the Lutheran pastor who was killed during World War II, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, mm. talks about cheap grace. I read his big book. Did you really? I did. Yeah, it's great. Cheap grace, the cost, and I think, is it the title, The Cost of Discipleship? Not that one. No, it's Bonhoeffer. It's the, I'm talking about his biography. Oh, the biography. Yes. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, so I, th- I think Bonhoeffer's, t- the, 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 the book that I think you're right. It's The Cost of Discipleship. Yeah. And we want to get it for free. Yeah. Oh, oh there- yeah, we want it to be like, yep. Got it. No, yeah, and and, and 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 there's a way. Of course, grace is free, but there's still, nonetheless, a cost yes. to following. Yeah, he offers the invitation to everyone. Mm-hmm. Jesus calls everybody to offer to follow him and gives everybody the grace to do so. But I have to choose to follow him, and that means if I'm saying yes to him, I'm saying no to other things. Right, and that's where the cost comes in. Right, what is the Lord asking me to do? And am I, am I willing to do it, even if that means saying no to these other good right. things? Um, again, I, this is this. I'm, I'm not going to make this about me, but I just have become. It's been, just become more and more clear for me in the last several months that um, the Lord is asking me to really reconsider my life of ease and comfort as an American Catholic. Yes. And even within the context. So I'm married with kids, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be saying, all right, Jermaine, kids, uh, we're going to we're gonna go homeless. Shut because, off the electricity. Yeah, no more gonna, water. Yeah, no more, no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. But there are things that I can do personally, yeah. even in a family context, even as a husband, as a father of kids who are still at home. Mm-hmm. There are things that I can do um, yeah, that I feel like I'm called to do. And, and, and when I think of, again, Benedict XVI, JP2, Jesus, most importantly, um, it's just, it just prompting me to reconsider, am I bearing a cost? Am I carrying the right. cross that the Lord is asking me to? Right. So I want to go on, but any questions, well, comments yourself? There's that? something that keeps popping up in my head that, that it, we do not have to go down this road because I think it will throw us down a different path, but maybe this is a future episode. So one of the things that keeps popping up in my head as we talk about this is sometimes, okay, there's lots of Catholics who maybe aren't following the churches on the right path and doing the thing that isn't easy. Because someone might actually see the hard, the sacrificial part as not following what the church says. Right. Does that make sense? Yep, 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 yep. So how do we, and, and we can, this may be another episode, just because I think there's actually a lot there. So I, th- I think that's, I, I do want to do the courtesy, at least, of answering the question, okay. and maybe we could we could expand that in another episode. Um, so two things. Um, I had proposed to you when we were looking at 
what last week's and this week's episode might the topics for these two. And uh, I changed, I think it was last week's episode. I changed the topic from one to another. Yeah. Do you remember what I really originally wanted to talk about? Yeah. What is the uh, catechism and why do we need it? Yeah. We are blessed to live post 1992. Yeah. That's when the true. catechism, when we want to know what does the Catholic Church teach, we have the catechism. Right. A relatively recent, up to date, yes, yes, <laughs> presentation. <laughs> Of what the Catholic Church teaches. So if I'm a so in order here, if I'm a praying person who goes to Mass, who seeks to pray every day, even though I might not always do so, and certainly may not do so perfectly. Right. Um who so mass, personal prayer, reception of the sacraments, like if I get try to get confession on some sort of regular basis. Mm-hmm. And if I have that 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 humility to I I, I want to believe and do what the church proposes to me for belief and action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in basics what the catechism says, be at peace. Okay. Um, you and I are, are, and this is not, this is true, I would say, most places in the world, but not everywhere. You and I are blessed to live in a diocese that has a great history mm-hmm. of faithful bishops yes. who have sought to proclaim Jesus Christ to their flocks and to everyone who lives in Eastern South Dakota. And we've been blessed with uh, priests who who believe and act similarly. Um, that's Again, that's not always true right. everywhere right. in the world, but it is true for us. So um, it's not like we have to, the struggle that some people have where they have in some places in the world, we've talked about this before, bishops who are actively leading their people astray. Right. Or seek right. trying to. Yeah. We're actively going against what the church teaches, what the catechism teaches. Right. Uh, we don't have that problem. But even if we did, we still have those perennial teachings of the church. Yeah. So if you're a praying person who receives the sacraments and seeks to know the faith and is open to living it out in the catechism, I think be at peace. Right. Okay. Does that give yep. a, a shorter answer? Yes. To your yes. We can maybe talk about that more. All right. So we just have a minute left. I want to close with the, this next. A couple lines from this address from Pope Benedict. Thus, in the end, I had to say yes. I trust in the Lord, and I trust in you, dear friends. A Christian is never alone, as I said yesterday in my homily. In this way, I expressed the marvelous experience that we all lived the past four extraordinary weeks. Following the Pope's death and all the sorrow that it brought, the living church emerged. It was clear that the church is a unifying force, a sign for humanity. Now, truth be told, that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, sometimes the, the the vision within the church is itself a counter witness, mm-hmm. a counter sign. But there are more times than not in the history of the church, and that the that four weeks, the death of JP two, and then the the interregnum, the time between the election and the Benedict, was a sign of a unify the church as a unifying force. A sign for humanity, the living church emerged. Mm-hmm. But again, what do I want to highlight is Pope Benedict, I trusted, I trust in the Lord, and I trust in you, dear friends. I think we need to support one another. We need to pray for one another, including our, today Pope Francis, Bishop Grood, our pastors, uh, and follow where the Lord leads us to go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, may God bless you.